This podcast contains discussions about mental health and may contain discussions about suicide and self-harm. If you or somebody that you know is experiencing distress or is in immediate danger, dial triple O or call Lifeline on 131114 or Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. Also, if you believe that someone you love is experiencing a mental health issue, please encourage them to go and talk to their GP as soon as possible. Thanks very much for listening. Hello folks and welcome to episode 62 of our podcast, Adam's My Name. This is the How You Going Rate podcast. This is a podcast where we want to talk about mental health and well-being, but more importantly, we want to talk about how people manage their mental health and well-being. So hopefully what you do is you sit and listen to these episodes is that you uh, hear um, some ideas, you perhaps hear something you can relate to, and more importantly, hear some um, ways that you can manage your own mental health or well-being, or perhaps even support other people to manage their mental health and well-being. Um, first up, I want to give a big thanks to Matt, who was out on our last episode. Um, it was one of our most successful episodes that we've had for a really long time, and um, we really appreciate everybody listening to that. Um, Matt's story resonated with a whole range of people, and we got some really great feedback, so of course we uh, really appreciate that Matt did that. And um, I'm very certain that this week's episode will, will do exactly the same. My guest this week is my friend Laura, and Laura and I met uh, a couple of years ago in, in somewhat unique circumstances. We were, uh, we, I don't know if we mentioned this in the podcast, but we were guests at a wedding, and um, and uh, Laura was sort of in place of my wife at the time, who couldn't uh, make the wedding, couldn't be at the wedding, and so Laura was invited along and, and had to sit at the table and and thus earned herself the name Fake Barb. <laughs> so many of you have heard Barbie on here. Uh, but earned herself the nickname Fake Barbie. So uh, we call each other Fake Wife and Fake Husband. But Laura is a um, is an energizer. What I would describe as an energizer. One of those people who, when you are with her for a period of time, um, you feel energized, you feel better. But as you'll hear in the episode, um, this hasn't always been the case for Laura. And often... Um, this energy that she gives out to other people has been to our own detriment. Um, you'll hear Laura talk about a, a lifetime of managing her mental health, of um, of having uh, undiagnosed ADHD, and um, and and kind of as an adult exploring her mental health, her well-being, her ADHD, and and exactly who she is. And it's an incredible um, insight into uh, number one the mind, um, and I and I feel like I kind of understand this myself because. Um, you know, not one to diagnose myself, but I, I, I relate a lot to what people who describe ADHD uh, describe. I, I relate to that. But number two, um, I think it's incredible insight into just how uh, somebody can be look a certain way on the outside, which we know is the case with mental health, but be dealing with a whole range of other things. And one of the messages in this episode is, is very much about the idea of holding space. Um, we, we talk about that at, at a little bit of length. And uh, Laura talks a lot about how important it was for her to get the people around her to listen to her. Um, and, and, it, and I'm not sure that she mentions it in the podcast, but I've been fortunate enough to watch a couple of her YouTube clips that she does, and you'll hear what, what, how that happens in, in, the, in the episode. I've been fortunate enough to hear about how, she, how it's so important that she 
holds space for herself as well as others and looks after her own mental health and well-being. And recently we had our UK day and, and checks in with herself and asks herself if, if she's okay. And, um, and, and also we talked about how she kind of prepared herself for this latest round of lockdown and being on her own uh, as she is. So it's a, a really fantastic chat. It's, she's got great energy. She's one of my favorite people. I really hope you guys enjoy it. Um, again, love to get some feedback. So if you hear something you love in there, please, if you, even if you want to DM me and just say, Ads really love this. This was fantastic. I'd love to hear it. But without further ado, let's um, have a chat to Laura and uh, let's ask her the question. Oh, all right. Laura, how are you going, mate? Hello. <laughs> this is... I'm, I'm well. <laughs> I think I it's wonder... a lie. I'm probably not good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You've gotten to the core of who we are and how you're going, mate. How you going, mate? Well, yeah, good, mate. Happens. I get, I get to when you just say it because it's what you're used to saying and you're like, actually, but am I? Yeah. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Do, do you really want to know? Can I tell you? Yeah. I, I have a thing, and I, I may have said this before, but I have a thing also where I'm like, I never know if people are like kind of asking me like, hey, go, mate, or if they're kind of, you know, like, how you going, mate? <laughs> you know, oh, you're the podcast guy, and I'm going to ask you how you going, mate. So I, I just answer, I'm um, yeah, good. How are you? <laughs> or depending on the person. and then there's that awkward silence, and yeah. you're just like, mm, do I tell them exactly what happened the last hour of my life, and <laughs> do I know them that well, or is that just too much information, <laughs> yeah. or, or does he just say it because yeah, I get it. In my yeah. head, in my head, it's like um, you know, the Terminator movies where the Terminator's looking at people and determining who they are and if what threat level they are. In my head, it's a similar Adam. thing happening. <laughs> Never watched Terminator. Oh no! Oh. <laughs> I've never watched Harry Potter. I've never watched Lord of the Rings. Oh. I'm just not that girl. I've watched Full Runnings about a hundred and fifty thousand times. Okay, so that's my life. That's my soothing thing. When I'm not okay, I watch Full Runnings. Right. You know, I'm not okay when I'm watching Full Runnings. <laughs> I think I remember you posting on social media recently yeah, that you watched it. Hundred percent. Okay, that's because clear. it's 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 like my. It's it's my safe place. I know what's going to happen. Mm. There's always a woman fuzzy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all about being a part of a team. Mm-hmm. And there's some good-looking, beautiful men in there. <laughs> like what? <laughs> in some really tight clothing, and it's just nice. You read, it's just, you read my mind, yeah. and I was actually thinking exactly like that. I bet you she's going to say there's some good-looking dudes in that movie. <laughs> totally. Totally, I'm all up for it. Yeah. But um, yeah, and I have I because I, I, I do a little TikTok research, Adam, and um, it 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 come up like if you watch the same series over and over and over is like an anxiety response, and I'm like, it's so true. Like, I can't watch anything on TV that's got blood. I can't watch any anything that anyone dies. But I, like, and I can't. Everyone will go watch this new series, and if it doesn't get me in the first three seconds, I'm out. Mm. But then I'll go watch that one series mm-hmm. or that movie called Runnings over and over and over because mm-hmm. it's just my safe place. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm, you know, that's when I tune out. Mm. I don't tune out to a new movie. It makes me freak out. Mm. So I know what's coming in School Runnings. It it, it, it gets me and I yeah, get it. Got a, yeah, there's an egg. And... Mm. <laughs> I think... Oh, are we off track already? You do know I've got ADHD, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you I'm... know I'm unmedicated this afternoon. <laughs> Mine's just undiagnosed, so this could go anywhere, really. Oh. Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, co- I'll look after you then, all right. 
Um, all right, Adam. So yeah, now I, what? <laughs> I think uh, I think my actually my safe place or the thing I always used to joke. I watched Sonic Highways, which is a documentary by the Foo Fighters, and um, it, it's a documentary where they went to eight different cities and recorded a song in each city and then released it as an album. But I watch it whenever I am forced to watch like Married at First Sight or something like that, because I feel like my brain has turned into mush, and so I need something that's kind of going to nourish my soul. And so I go in and I watch that. So I get that. I get that feeling. Yeah, it's your blankie. Mm. It's your blankie. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. 100%. So, yes, that was my answer. That's the answer. Are you okay? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I've decided, you know when people say they have a good day? Did Mm. you have a good day today? Well, some days I have to break it down into a whole day. Mm -hmm. Some days I break it down into an hour, sometimes every 20 minutes or every life. 10 you know 10 seconds because if you have a bad 20 minutes it's not the whole day Mm. and it's been really one of those things that's helped me and put in my toolbox of how the hell to stay alive by Laura Zammett (laughs) 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 is is, um yeah like have I had a bad day no have I had a bad hour yes Mm. have I had a bad 20 minutes yes have I had a bad day so have I had a bad year Sometimes it's just like, have I had a bad pandemic? Have yes, I, had a, I have. How have the last bad 10 lockdown. years been? What have, what have <laughs> yeah, they exactly. for me? How's my midlife crisis going? Oh, good, thanks. <laughs> well, the first, well, I'm, th- I'm 39 next month and the first 40 years is a write-off, so let's work on the next 40. Wow. Goodness. I, don't look at me like that. <laughs> well, you look fabulous for 39. Oh. I, wish I, I wish I looked that good. Um, I'm 45, oh. so I'm a bit older. Don't flip. Don't flirt with me, yet, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> should we, should we share why we know it, how we know each other? Well, look, it, it's probably worthwhile establishing. Um, yeah, we we met. So, Kara's been on the show. People will, can go and yeah. listen to Kara's episode. And you were a a, a, a late call up because my beautiful yeah. wife couldn't attend her wedding. That's and right. So, and and then I was introduced to the whirlwind that is Laura Zammett. Um, yes. The force of nature that is Laura's Emmett, and uh, and and uh, we put we had to parade you as fake Barb. We had to tell people that fake you Barb. were my my actual wife. Um, and if you had a look at me, I'm far from what a Barb would look like. Barbie would look like. Well, <laughs> so your your wife's gorgeous, but I'm talking about like Barbie. You know, like yeah. I'm five foot two. I'm short. I'm. 85 kilos, I've got curly brown, like I'm just all sorts of not Barbie. No. And I was so stoked, but I rocked it. Yep. I rocked it. Yeah. I did. I remember. And it's funny because as I knew we were going to talk today, I was like, how did I meet Adam? Because mm. I forgot. <laughs> I'm like, I just, I just knew I knew you. I just knew I knew you. <laughs> I did. I was like, I know him. I how do I know him? And can I tell you, Adam, that week was actually one of the hardest weeks of my life. What was what was going on? And you just said to me, the whirlwind of Allura, like hmm. I it it just goes to show the 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 front that I can hmm. put on so no one can see pain. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, we, we spoke I mean when we spoke a week or so ago, you were talking about the the big personality is a trauma response. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Tr- so much so. And that day, like, I, it was my birthday a couple of days after, and I was in full-blown addiction mode then, mm. full-blown addiction. But I had to put – I put a full sequent dress on. 
it was probably the the lowest weight I'd ever been, which is 80 kilos, which for some people that's big. But for me, I was 130 at one point in my life. So, you know, I was skinny. Mm. So, and I put on this dress and I had to be, I had to be Barb (laughs) and I had to turn up and I was excited to be there for my friend because Cara and I have known each other for over 10 years. Mm. She was a customer of mine originally. Then we did some work together and we become friends. And when I was married, um, she was my bar staff because she was a customer. I couldn't invite everyone to the wedding, but she wanted to be there, so I made her my bar staff. Hmm. And so just so it turns out, when she got married, I was able to be your partner. Hmm. But that, like I said, you know, see, going around in circles, that's how it all kind of come about. But that, like, I had, I, for most of my adult life, if not my whole life, I didn't even realise I was putting on a show. I didn't even realise. So, and then that, like that, like that moment, just really stands out because not only I was putting on a, on a front mm. of this grand, ta-da! Look at me, I can, you know, my, I was actually someone else. I was your wife, mm. you know, like it was <laughs> an, a, another yeah. layer to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually wasn't even Laura. My my name card said Barb, like you know. <laughs> <Did>. <laughs> so. You know, like that just screams. We, I like, think we had like a couple photo taken and everything. Like, we so did. With, with, Mind with you, we did talk husband. to your wife and it was all above board. Yeah, yeah, she did. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But we, you know, like it was. She, she'll yeah. listen to this and go, what else do I need to know about that? Nothing, darling, nothing. It was all um, legitimate above board. Now I'm a complete board. liability. <laughs> But, uh, but, but, yeah. it, but it is interesting, isn't it? Because um, like, uh, I, I guess my perspective on the big personality thing, I, I always say I have this, have had this conversation with my daughter and my daughter's this beautiful young teenage girl and she tell, talks to me about the, the pressures to look and be a certain way in, in society. Yeah. And, and I say to her, you know, look, uh, granted the, the pressures are probably greater now because, you know, of, of the internet and, and the availability of, you know, all of information and communication, but the pressure has always been there. You always had to look a certain way or be a certain way or whatever. And I said to her, I go, you know, I've never been the dude when I've walked into a room that's been like that women have looked at and gone, oh, my God, look at him. He's here. Oh, wow. You know. I've never been the best-looking dude in the room, so I became the loudest dude in the room. I became yep. the funniest dude in the room. I hear. Oh, we are so same people. Yeah. And 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 to me, so to me, you know, you talk about trauma response, and I'm I'm fully willing to accept that that's you know, kind of your your perspective on that. For me, I'm not entirely sure that that's what I do. I, I kind of think I just went, okay, I'm going to take this part of my personality that I know exists, and I'm just going to, you know, to use a gambling parlance, I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to go hard, all in on it, and just make it the best that it can be. Um, if I can't be the best looking dude in the room, if I can't walk in and have like, you know, Brad Pitt walks in a room and women just go, oh. I want people to walk in and go, oh, Adam's here. Okay, cool. Here comes the fun. And you know what? I like. I I've had that res- I've had that response many. I've had some beautiful things said about me, <clears throat> and I can't wait to actually walk into a room and own that Mm. in a way that is authentic to me. Mm. Like, you know, that's still me, but it, but when I, but when I guess when I, when I am that person, I'm doing it to hide all the ugly bits, Mm. you know, doing, doing, even sharing the, you know, this conversation with you that essentially is 
public. Mm. Um, for me, it's very much about owning all the ugly bits mm. and still being able to walk into a room and be like, yeah, bitches, I'm here. Like, you know, like I, I'm, ha- I'd be happy to do that in a mm. sense that, you know, it's not just one way. Like, it's not just what I think people want to see me as. Like, mm. the, you know, the people pleaser, or you know, in my, I've, I've had, gosh, I, I started my own business when I was tw- like twenty. I've only, up until this year, I've only ever like run a business and. Like there was a course called Party Like Laura. Like, mm. what does that say? Mm. <laughs> like, there was actually a course, like national course called Party Like Laura. So, you know, that's that's just who who I guess it is me, mm. but it's not all of me. Mm. And because I because I was only being that person, and because I believed I was only that person, I didn't get a chance to. Um, explore all the other feelings, all the other parts of me that I guess started to become really painful. Mm. And um, when you say, you know, are you okay? I'm okay with not being okay right now mm. because it's all part of it. It's absolutely all part of it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like I've got a million things to say about this topic. It's, it's um. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, t- this, this lockdown that we're essentially in what week seven of this lockdown. Mm. Um, and I, I actually feel like I know myself the most now and it, this has forced me to be on my own, mm. um, in such a way that, you know, I had to, I had to, I guess, proof, like not proof. What's the word when you're like. And they're like, oh well, you know, when you're like puppy proof a room or something, like when you. Yeah. I'm. Do- I just bought. I just bought a puppy, so I'm doing it now. <laughs> yeah, that's, what remind- that's what reminded me of it. But that's like I had to. I had to get ready for lockdown. Yeah. You know, I had to set myself up to be sad, pretty mm. much. Mm. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. Maybe you could guide me. But- so you, what you're sort of saying is, and I guess we all kind of had to do this to an extent, but when you're on your own. Well, you said beforehand, before we came on, actually started recording, you said, you know, it was a matter of, um, oh, now I've lost it. <laughs> See, ADD. <laughs> I, I, You're I, welcome. <laughs> it's not catching. I've definitely got it. I just haven't been diagnosed with it. Um, and don't worry, I can edit this part out if you I You know I'm Dr. To. Google. I'll sort you right out. <laughs> well, I, I guess, I guess it, well, you were saying, no, you said beforehand that, you know, um, the external world has been your safe place. Going inside yourself has been dangerous. Ah, uh, um, yes. And so now effectively what you've had to do is spend, you know, and this sounds so wrong, you've had to spend seven weeks inside yourself. Um, <laughs> I am. No, no, don't, let's, no, let's not do that. Oh, that's um, so but you, but you've had to spend funny. seven it's weeks inside that. your own head, so you had to um yeah. you had to kind Danger. of yeah you had to kind of puppy, it's not safe in there puppy proof your own head yeah and well it's you know okay so do you want me to just kind of how about I tell you the things that I've done and how I got to the point where I knew what to do to to get through this last lockdown I like and that. and who, and I guess who I who I am and what I kind of 
you know, how I've come into addiction and just maybe the last... This could be a three-part a episode. Rundown. We can do that. Yeah, give us, give us the... Well, if I do like really quick talking, <laughs> then we'll get through we'll get through most of it. But I do believe that the... I'll, I'll start at the end because this is what we do. Yeah. Um, I believe that this last five weeks has been some really great therapy for me. I've been my own therapist. Mm-hmm. And... The reason why at the moment I feel like I haven't made a shift into like the next part of my own healing, my own getting out of, you know, this grief, this, you know, depression, addiction that I've, you know, come to be friends with is because my core belief, this is what I've worked out and it's shifted only the last week. I've worked this out, but my core belief is that I don't believe or I don't deserve I don't deserve to be loved. I don't deserve to be healthy. I don't deserve to learn. I don't deserve to be happy. I just don't deserve. And so what? So anytime I come up with things that would then make me feel good, would help me learn, mm. would, you know, I've got these big barriers, love. I've got these massive barriers, even though not it's good for me. Mm. We spoke about this the other day, Adam. You're like, they tell you to go for a walk. You know, I had a guy come into work, he was a GP, and he was just like, if only everybody with depression got on a bike and rode a bike. He was a GP. Hmm. And I was staring at him, and I nearly ran him out of the shop because, hmm. to, like, I couldn't work out why I was so resilient to getting fresh air and going for a walk. And, you know, because it would completely go, for me, it was like my I knew it was good for me, but my core belief was that I didn't deserve to feel good. Mm. I didn't deserve to be loved. Mm. So even though you get like you get told or you get advice to do all these good things for yourself, if you don't have a good core belief that you actually do deserve, you know, like they talk about self-love and they, you know, to me they were just all wanky words. Mm. But until I stopped, I was like, okay, I'm on my own this whole time. There's got to be something in this, and. I, I knew how I worked it out, and I'll go through that in a minute. But this is the biggest shift that I found in my own therapy the last few weeks. And honestly, like I think it's actually going to be to completely life changing in my in in understanding myself so much more and catching myself up when I'm going to be in those moments where I know I need to go for that walk because it's going to feel good for mm. all those feel good hormones and mm. you know the vitamin D and that, but. When I when I try to convince myself I'm not going to, it's like, but why? Why did I? Why do I feel like I'm not going to today? Because mm. I don't deserve to be healthy. Come on, Laura, you do deserve to be healthy. Mm. You know these these self talks that we can all have. Mm. So that was the biggest thing. So I just wanted to start at the end. That's the end goal is that I do deserve. Mm. And I know this. Um, you know, like it all kind of comes into the Are you okay? Because for so long I haven't been okay, Adam. Mm. So long, I haven't been okay, but I, I'm okay enough to have wanted to find out why. Mm. And um, a year ago, so so say so, let's go back say five years ago. Um, I was married to my soulmate. He's a beautiful human, still beautiful human, still one of my best mates. Mm. We we're married. We we're married for five years. In that time. Um, I'd had three blood clots, two miscarriages, um, a melanoma on my nose. Uh, my grandmother had passed away and I was actually scammed a decent amount of money, which that's 
private for now, how much money it was. Mm. Um, and all these things, all these traumatic things had happened in a space of, say, five years. Throwback to, I guess, my childhood. I was a bigger girl. I was teased. Um, my dad was a workaholic. Um, my mum, she had her own problems with addiction, with drinking. Mm. Um and I guess I lived this life where I kept secrets for everybody and I was very codependent and I'd learnt all about codependency. So um, where am I going with this? Um, how I come to this point? Okay. Oh, yeah. So so finding out more about myself was key when my husband decided he didn't want to be with me anymore mm. because I couldn't understand why. I was happily married mm. and I couldn't understand why. Um, why did I let this lady scare money out of me? Um, how did I feel like everything's my fault? I'd run a business for 18 years. I was a complete workaholic. I was a perfectionist. And I, then all of a sudden, life become painful. Mm. Life becomes so painful that the Band-Aid solution for me was all the addictions that I had seen around me. So mm. I became the drinker. I, you know, I used drinking. I was a workaholic. I, um... Gosh, even social media, all of it, mm. being scammed in the sense, you know, handing over money, it's the same thing. Like, you know, anything to not feel. Mm. Life becomes so painful, I didn't want to feel. Mm. Um, even having ADHD and, you know, having a learning difficulty, I was dyslexic and I didn't feel like I could learn anything and all mm. of that. Mm. I just got to a point where my self-esteem was so low. So um, for my 38th birthday last year, Adam, I booked myself into rehab. Yep. And I went to South Pacific Private, and I can't tell you how much that place changed my life. Um, I went there as a birthday present to myself because I knew I didn't want to be in this much pain anymore. Mm. And in saying I was in a lot of pain, and I did all the um, addictions to get out of the pain, um, I also didn't realise how much pain was important hmm. because we just feel pain, right? Hmm. You know, hmm. you feel pain, you, you got a headache, you take a Panadol. Hmm. you got a heartache, you do something to distract yourself. Hmm. You do all these things so you don't feel pain. You just stay stuck there. You I love just stay stuck. The perspective on pain I have, it's a really interesting one. I read this a little while back. It's um, the brain registers physical and emotional pain in the same way, in the same places in yeah. the brain. Um, the difference between the two, though, is that... If you've broken your leg, for example, and you think back to the time when you broke your leg, you can't feel that pain. You can remember what it felt like, but you don't physically feel it. Yeah. Um, but for you know, for, to simplify it, if you've broken had a broken heart, and you think back to the time when you broke your heart, you can feel that again. <laughs> that, oh, that that comes every back. Day. Yeah, every um, day. And that's the difference. That's that's my that's my perspective on it as well. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it becomes unbearable. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, so I went to rehab, mm. best time of my life. Imagine being in lockdown, we're in a pandemic and then all of a sudden you go from, and at this stage I'd been single for two years. Um, and like I said, it was actually the year earlier, it was my birthday the year earlier that I met you. Mm. So, um, mm. you know, like that I was at the peak of addiction, addiction being I'm in this much pain. I don't want to feel it anymore. Mm. Um, 
that I go into rehab and for the first 10 days, I was just stoked to be around a bunch of crazies. <laughs> no one's crazy. You're allowed to say that when you've been there. But, um, you know, and I could hug people and I could share all, like I could actually talk about pain. I could talk about how horrible things were and how sad I was. Yeah. And that is what unlocked a lot of stuff for me because essentially most people, going back to the question, Adam, which is, are you are you okay? Yeah, I am. Like it's your instant reaction because mm. you don't want to be seen as weak. You don't want to have shame or guilt or all these feelings because mm. because at some point you're responsible. I thought I was responsible for everything and everyone. So I, you know, I might have had a whinge here or there, but mm. I never actually admitted how painful my life was. And to go to this place where all you talk about is your feelings. Mm. And I walked around for the first 10 days and I must have looked like, you know, why is this girl here? The first 10 days, I remember there's a chart and it's like you you say your name, why you're there, like the addictions you have, you know, and then Mm. you say why, uh, what are you feeling that day? Not that day, in that moment, you check in a few times a day. So there's joy, anger, love, guilt, shame, fear, loneliness and pain. I walked around for 10 days, Adam, and all I had was love and joy. Mm. But that's all I felt. Hmm. That's all I felt. I got yeah. myself into such a state that, and also, you know, um, I did see a psychologist or psychiatrist, I get them mixed up. The one that gives you, does he give you medication? The one that gives you medication. Psychiatrist. That one, yep. Mm-hmm. So um, while I was there, I, was, I saw him and he, he didn't even believe in ADHD. So I didn't want to have a bar of him because mm. I'd literally just spent the last 10 years understanding myself and I mm. felt like I belonged somewhere because I never felt like I belonged anywhere. Mm. Um, so he took me off Ritalin and I remember that next day, um, all of a sudden, I felt everything but joy and love. Mm. Everything but joy and love. No question. Well, my body, it's my body. Hmm. I'd, I'd only heard so many times, like, you know, you, you've got the gut, you've got the gut and the head connection, hmm. right? I don't do big words, Adam. You've got the gut and the head connection. Now, everything was in my head. I was ruminating. I was I was thinking. I was hmm. like everything. I was trying to work out why. Like, I felt like I was being punked all the time, punked hmm. by life. What's going to be around the next corner? Hmm. Now, when I when they when I they took me off Ritalin, all of a sudden I could feel in my gut, and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like this pat, I, that was the day I was just like, "Well, this is why I'm addicted." Because mm. I could, like, I ate so many bread rolls at the at the um in the mm. at dinner that night. Because <laughs> when all else fails, food for Laura. So you know, if there's no carbs. alcohol in there, carbs, <laughs> carbs. I, I did my best. I, yeah, I just ha- oh, it was. I just couldn't. It, I just had to sit in pain, mm. and so I was there for three weeks. The first ten days. So then it was eleven days. Eleven days. I felt all my feelings that first time I went in there, mm. and it was the safest place to have feelings for myself because I couldn't head to addiction and I had to go through the pain. Mm. Um, I did end up going back in for Christmas. I went straight out of that one and I met up with my grandfather. I, my grandfather wasn't well and I and I actually looked after him for, for four months. So um, I then was left with depression and anxiety because once the addiction's gone, rip that Band-Aid off, mm. you know. Um, I, I was told a few times after I'd been out, aren't you fixed yet? 
Um, no, <laughs> you know, like this is a toolbox to learn more about myself so I can get through these moments, Adam. Like yeah. this is why I went to rehab last year. Last year saved my life this year. Yeah. And, um, yeah. you know, then I looked, worked on the de- depression and anxiety, which is the same thing. It just meant that I wasn't band-aiding it with addiction. Hmm. So I went in again and I had a different mindset because I'd ripped off some stuff and then I was getting to the, to the real hardcore heartache stuff, the grief, you know, I'm 38 years old, nearly 39. I haven't had kids. I wanted kids. I, I was happily married, you know, like, Hmm. you know, I understand now my role in, my husband leaving like I I would have left me too now I understand it Mm. you know like he did himself he he just he did himself a favor and me a favor Mm. essentially eventually but um coming to coming up to COVID like you know this this last lockdown um I was jealous I actually had a friend that's in there at the moment. I was so jealous because I was like, oh my goodness, like Wish imagine I was being in, in lockdown. <laughs> oh, it's so good. You get you get like three meals a day, you get you get two walks on the beach, you get fifty people you can hug and you just get to cry and feel all your emotions and no one judges you for yeah. it. It's the best. So it's like it's like if everyone if everyone went there instead of schoolies, the world would be a better place. Like if everyone at eighteen years old, you it's like the school of life. Like it's people think rehab is like it, like literally, it's like going to. This is what school should like. This should be school. School should have this program. Anyway, yeah. back to the story. No, so, no, I, I, I kind of percent agree. With that. I think it's a great idea. Uh, honestly, I, I'd go back every year just as a top up because I essentially another thing of mine was to escape the world. As I'd travel overseas, like I had a business for eighteen years where we got incentive holidays, five star. So my escape from reality was going overseas two, three times a year, all mm. expenses paid. Like I was, I looked like I had the life, and I loved it. And mm. I, at the time, I thought I did. But um, so the next best thing in a pandemic is go to rehab like three weeks, three weeks without your phone, three weeks with I'm, amazing people. I just sign me up. You know what I'm thinking in my head though? I'm thinking like, you know, God, it's probably probably lucky that you don't have a partner now because your birthday presents and Christmas presents would suck. Here, this is what I got you for Christmas. Another three yeah. weeks in. I don't need more three weeks in rehab, Laura. Please stop it. Yeah. It's so true. It's so true. But everyone should go. Everyone should go. Anyway, so um, so the next minute, I've now I've got this toolkit that I half understand. We're about to go into lockdown now. I am on my own. Mm. Where everyone and I... You know, I minimize my pain. This is mm. how I do it. I minimize my pain because other people have lost jobs, then they're going to lose their house, and mm. they're going to—they've got kids at home and they've got school. So I get to a point, and I'm—I'm I'm very much like this. And this is how life does become painful for me, is because I shut down and I don't think I'm important enough. Mm. So when I do that, everything gets stuck inside, and I get very unwell. Mm. Like I, you know, I, d- I don't feel well. So. The connection with your, you know, physical health and mental health is all, it's all connected. But I had to work out how to get out of this because, and I've worked out on some tools, and I, I just think it's important to share some of these because um, quite often we assume a lot of things in our head. We assume mm-hmm. someone doesn't want to listen. Mm-hmm. We assume that, you know, like we assume that when someone says, "Are you okay?" you just have to say yes. Mm. You know, we assume that no one cares. Mm. We assume that someone else's problems are bigger than yours. 
you know, we're told these things like just be positive, just, just shut up. Like, mm. honestly, like I just mm. want to, you know, like I don't want to be, when I'm sad, I don't want to be positive. Mm. I don't. I want to be sad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I want to be and patient to do that. And the things I've um, worked on, and these are things that have really helped me. And these might, you know, I don't know. They just, I'm just so stoked to talk about them. To be honest, Mm. is um, I come up with a few things when I ask someone instead of asking someone how are you, I say how you're feeling Mm. because you can't get around that. Mm. when they say I'm feeling good oh okay tell me about that mm. like usually just two qu- two or three questions um because if you you know it's kind of like saying and then mm. you get more story mm. so did you have a good day yes and then and and then I had a good day like like yeah and then I went to the park like and then you know like if you keep saying if you just dig a little just a little bit more pokey mm-hmm. you get to you know you know that that's when you know someone actually wants to hear how your day is mm. um the other thing I did was is I didn't feel like I deserved to whinge about my situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not, I don't have to look after kids. I don't have a mortgage. Yes, I have some debt from scam I was in, but um, essentially, like I, I actually quit my business. Like I, I gave up my business last year um, because I needed to not. I needed to be a no. I needed to be nobody with no responsibilities other than myself. Hmm. Um, and so for me, I've been working casual. I've been working casual in a just men's dress like retail. Mm-hmm. So I was one of the first people to go, pretty much essentially. Hmm. So and not like having. I've got a gene mutation called MTHFR, and if you write it down, it looks exactly how it sounds. So like my body, it, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm preparing my body at the moment to either get COVID or get the vaccine. Mm. Like, you know, I won't be a well person either way mm. and I need to prepare my body for it and I've done a whole bunch of research. So for me, essentially, I'm like, right, I'm, I'm bunkering down. I can't go back to rehab because I know I'm just there for a holiday. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm quite well enough to <laughs> stay out of rehab. They'll be like, oh, Laura's here for a holiday. <laughs> so I can't go. So... And being on my own, it's Hang dangerous on. I'm going to there. need a few minutes to come up with some stuff, guys. Just get, talk about <laughs> yourselves. Right? Um, oh, I don't know. I, the other day, I stubbed my toe. Like, I'm, is that I'm enough to be a, here now? I was in so much pain. Um, so for me, I was like, right, what am I going to do? How am I going to? How am I going to get through this? I, this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well, and I need to. I need to puppy proof this place so mm. I can be in lockdown. So I'm house sitting at the moment. I'm very lucky to do that. Um, and, you know, I mean, I am in Camden, which I've got lots of friends close by. So I've got some friends that they know, like I've given them the heads up, like if I call you and I call you twice, come, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not, it's not, it's not danger zone. You know, I, I have had suicidal thoughts in the past, um, I didn't plan on having any more suicidal thoughts, but I knew that there'd be some tough days that I need to see mm. somebody mm. Um, and it not necessarily be a doctor or be um, a therapist or anything like that, just somebody who can do exactly this, Adam. Mm. When I, I know that everyone's going through a hard time and I just assumed that no one would listen mm. until I asked for this until I started asking for this sentence. Hey, I'm not in a good space at the moment. I just want to know if, how, you know, can you hold space for me? I don't mm. need advice. I don't need you to do anything. 
if you're not in a good place at the moment, I'm happy not to blurt out my crap. Mm. But if you are, can you hold space for me? And that one sentence literally gave me permission to be in the world Mm. and not just isolate. Like I, you know, for someone who doesn't like my own company, I've sure as hell learned how to isolate in isolation. Mm. And I knew those times that I just needed to get it all out. Now, once I've worked that out, I worked out, okay, so apparently I have all my own answers. I didn't know that, but Mm. I did. Mm. And, you know, I'm very much like I'll, I'll look for other people for advice and I'll look for other other ways to find the answers. Apparently, I have all my own answers and I worked that out because I started to, at sunset, which is beautiful, it's now I can see it and I showed you before, mm. at sunset every day, every day I'd start thinking it, my thoughts would get really heavy throughout the day. So they'd get heavy throughout the day and I would say to myself, I'll leave that for sunset. Because what I would do is I would video record myself at sunset Mm. and it was like a video diary. Now, my brain goes too quick for me to journal. Mm. So by the time I journal, like, Mm -hmm. it's too quick. It's too quick. I can't be bothered. And it hurts my hand because I've already just played on TikTok for however long and my wrist is sore because I've been attached to my phone because if I'm not attached to my phone, I'm having a drink and I don't want to drink because then it could be crazy because then I'm alone and that's dangerous for me unless I'm social drinking. So I have to do – I still needed to journal, but I didn't know how. And my body was so uptight. I just thought I needed a massage. I'm like, I'm going to get a massage. I'm angry at the world because we can't get massages, blah, blah, blah. (laughs) I just had – this is it, right? You just became real barb there. You just became real barb. Yeah. Is that how we work? (laughs) Oh, So so in the meantime, my body was starting to – I was not well. Mm. I actually was not well. I'd just come out of hospital. But my body was in pain. And I couldn't work out why. And the, I was the 17th, my favorite number. So I remember it was the 17th of July was my very first video. I set it up. Mm. I sat in front of the video watching the sunset. And I just talked to myself. All the Not talked in my head around in circles. The words come out of my mouth. Mm. And it was like getting in a hot bath. Mm. All those feel like I can't tell you. You, I, I didn't even like I do love a head pat and a back tickle, but I don't need a massage because it was words. My body, you know, those books like The Body Keeps a Score. I've never mm-hmm. read that book, but I swear I could probably write my own now. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even know what it says. Like, I know it's a good book, apparently. It's on, it's on the shelf behind me, actually. Oh, can I borrow it? Can you read it to me? So, you know, <laughs> so because. Because, and then, and then, so I would have a good cry or a good chat about that day. Mm. Um, and I called it internal thoughts external. Mm-hmm. And then um, at, and then I was like, so then at, before I go to sleep, I started listening to it again. So, I, so I'd upload it. I've got like, I just on YouTube, my pri- private link, so no one else can see it but me. Mm. So I'd lie in bed the same night and I'd play back Laura. I'd listen to myself mm. and then I'd cry again. I'd cry for that girl that was four hours ago felt like that because mm-hmm. I don't feel like that now. Mm. I, and I held space for myself. And then... What a concept. I did... Uh, I'm telling you, I blow my own mind sometimes, Adam, <laughs> because because this is what's gotten me through 
seven weeks when I, because sometimes you want to be, like I read something the other day, you want, I want to, like, I want to be with someone, but I don't want to talk. I want to have someone here, but mm. don't talk to me, don't look at me, but be here. You know, like that yeah. whole, don't be alone, but don't talk to me. Like, yeah. I so get that because even even when I ask a friend or a family or some or even a therapist to hold space for me and, and let me talk, I was still talking in such a way that made made it easier for them to hear. I still filtered mm. my words. Mm. The most honest I've ever been is talking to myself at sunset. So the rest of my day, if it starts to get heavy, I'll say I'll leave it for sunset. And it just flows through me. Mm. It doesn't get stuck in my body. Mm-hmm. And as it's mm. flown through me, by the time sunset comes, I've forgotten that. I'm like, I didn't even know how this conversation started. I didn't even know what's the topic today. <laughs> but the, the point is, is that I, I found a way and I, I, you know, and this might not work for anybody else but me, yeah. but the advice, like the best advice I've ever gotten is from myself. <laughs> <laughs> I am my you, own expert. <laughs> I am, but I am. And but do you know how proud I am? Because I have looked ever like everywhere else. I didn't even mm. think I'd, you know, being dyslexic and having ADHD. I can't finish a book. Apparently, smart people have lots of books. Mm. Well, that didn't work for me. So what else am I gonna do? Okay, look at YouTube. Same information. Go on TikTok. It's only a minute. I have learnt so much because mm. I've been determined not to have a barrier in my beliefs, which remember at the very beginning of this conversation, I said to you, I don't deserve. My belief was I don't deserve to be loved, healthy, happy, or to learn. Mm. Mm. And I've completely conquered all of these. And as much as I'm not okay today, <laughs> but I'm all right with that because that's there's no end goal of happy. It's hmm. to tolerate the good and the bad in between. Well, even super healthy people get a cold every once in a while. You're allowed to have a cold. Exactly. You know. Um... It's to, yeah. It's to it's to tolerate. You know. It's it's so you're you. Well, another thing I learned, like the window of tolerance. Hmm. You know, like how, you know, some people have got a small window. Some people have the wide open spaces, and hmm. that's and that's where you want to be. Is that things don't affect you as much when you have the tools to get by. Yeah, you're not you're not going into hypo or hyper arousal too easily. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um I, I, look I love and I feel feel like we so we you were saying the other week about and you touched on it with the walking thing, you know, the bog standard advice that they give for managing mental health conditions. And if you google how to manage a mental health condition, it is go for a walk, eat well, exercise, you know, sleep, blah 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 blah. And you were sort of saying the other week that your brain works that little bit differently, so you needed to do it differently to everyone else because when you hear go for a walk, you hear, you know, where, yeah. whereas, you know, totally. if somebody said to you, like, I don't do journaling either because I'm, I'm, I'm probably like you, I'm not a writer. And when you said that, I got it because I'm writing a sentence and I'm having three other ideas happen in my head, which I've forgotten all of them because I'm writing this sentence and that really good idea is gone. Gone. And so I, I actually do that for this, where if I've got a really good idea, I actually press record on my sound record on my phone and say it into the phone and then sit down and write it down later on. 
I started doing that last week. Yeah. The, the, my voice recorder actually actually types it out for me. Have you got one of those? I, ones? I, I think it can do that, and I haven't set it up like that yet. But plus, part of it also that I want to listen back to it and hear if it was complete crap. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah. But but because I know, and look, most people's brains kind of their 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 brain produces words faster than their hands can anyway. But mine and yours, I know yours does does it extra fast. So I just say it. And then when I sit down and re-listen to it, is it good? Yep, I'll write that down. Was it crap? No, I can disregard it or I'll edit it as I write it. But yeah, I, I similar process where I, I sound record things. Um, so I get that video journaling, and I think that's probably a great example of what you were talking about, where someone's going to get a journal, journal, journal. Nah, nah, nah. But if I record it, it's yeah. going to have the same effect, which you've described, which is it's out of me, I've let it go. I can go yeah. back and listen to it. I can, you know, I love what you just said, you know. Oh, man, that poor girl four hours ago, that, God, she was in a bad state. Oh, look. <laughs> and I learned that. I learned a lot of that in rehab because, um, you know, you go, you talk about your inner child, like inner child healing, you know. Like yep. a lot of people, a lot of people get the opportunity to look at their childhood and who they are as children mm. when they have a children. Mm-hmm. I don't have children. Mm-hmm. So... You know, I have to look at, I have to visualize this little Laura and take care of her. And every day before now, you know, and that's how I come up with this, right? Like, I might not be looking after little Laura today, essentially, but mm. Laura four hours ago was in a lot of pain. She's not feeling it anymore. So let's just look at her. Let's mm. look at her and love her. Mm. You know, that pain is, is worth it. That, you know, the, you know, I, I, I have to bite my tongue quite a lot when people just think positive. You know, you, mm. you know, you can't just think positive. Mm. Like mm. I almost, or at least, I'm a, I'm a at go- least you, at least you know, at least you. So, like my daughter's in you know, Queensland. At least all you things can happen for a reason. <laughs> no, yeah. I didn't get cancer and have two miscarriages and three blood clots. My husband leave. My grandmother passed away, and all this stuff happened in a short amount of time. Be scammed, and that's all that was supposed to happen. At least you're alive. Yeah, well, <laughs> like, thanks. Although maybe, I mean, you know, it was pretty tough, less, but maybe it did because it made you go and examine. Totally. <laughs> and I can I can see that today. Yeah. But let me, let me actually be sad. Yeah. Let me be patient with being sad instead yeah. of trying to cover it. And I, I guess that's probably, I'm, I'm a bit kind of, you know, all for this at the moment is um, holding space for the pain and giving it all like I I watched another TikTok the other day and this lady's like prepare to go through a depressive bout and she puts five lots of fitted sheets on her bed (laughs) and I thought it was absolute genius because you still are allowed to care for yourself when you're not feeling great you know she uses paper plates and wet wipes and five fitted sheets and she's an absolute genius mm. Mm. because she actually still cares enough about that time when she's in pain she's gotten through it it won't be that painful next time mm. but yeah. we don't hold space we don't so many of us we just try to push it down and get through it you you're not actually getting through anything you're just pushing it down mm. yeah I, I and it's i i I love um, Wayne Schwoss's perspective on this. Wayne Schwoss is a AFL player and a mental health advocate, runs an organisation called Pucker Up. And he says, you know, when when you're a kid and you fall over and hurt yourself, 
um, you're allowed to cry and somebody comforts you until whatever you're feeling has, you've processed, gone through the process of going through whatever you're feeling and then they make sure you're okay and then you get on with things. But at some point they tell you to stop. You know, uh, when you're, say, 10, 12 years of age, you fall over and you cry, you start crying. Someone goes, come on, mate, get up. You know, stop crying. You don't need to, you know, come on, it's not that bad. And to me, I think that's a, a, a kind of, a, for me, in a really simple way, that describes what happens, I think, emotionally. And you learn that you have to, uh, oh, it's not, okay, my, whatever has happened, like, whatever's happened to me really hurts me. But it's not that bad, yeah. so I need to just get up and dust myself off and get on That's with it. That's right. Um, and and from a Someone male's else perspective, has got it worse. yeah. Well, yeah. And I, look, I'm really, I'm super interested in this idea of minimising pain. Like I really am. It's actually something I think about a lot, because yeah. yeah, it's something that we do all the time. And it's like, you know, it's either a, oh, it's not that bad, or b, you know, like for example, um, you know. We, I, I think I've used the example of um, in in a couple episodes ago of rock stars. You know, when a rock star suicides, well, what has he got to be sad about? He's a rock star. He's living this dream life that most of us, at some point in our lives, have wished we could live. Um, yeah, but no, he's entitled to feel shit, and he can have a shit life, even though his job's fucking amazing. He can still have oh, a shit absolutely. life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, oh, I watched the documentary on um, with Oprah and. Um, Prince Harry and um, yeah, Lady Martin. Gaga. It's on. I no no Lady Gaga. <laughs> it was on um, Apple Apple I or oh, something. Yeah. Um, something like the the person you can't see. I don't mm. know. It, anyway, but it was all about addiction and all about mm. depression and trauma and mm. and it was exactly that. Like mm. Lady Gaga felt really bad for mm. for for having depression mm. when in fact she when you listen to her story you're mm. like girl 100% you know mm. like I, I did I remember doing in rehab I was talking to this guy who who had a really rough rough life and I was just talking over like dinner time and I was like and he's just like oh so why are you in here and I just went like you know my elevator speech just while I was in rehab yep, yep, yep. and um in that moment he started crying and I'm like what's wrong with you and he's just like I just, I and I'm, and it's not until you have a stranger because you're just mm. like it for me or mm. people around me and my friends and family. It's just like, just another day, just another story. What next? What's happened now? And like the life of Laura, like mm. it's always one thing bit by bit. But when you condense it into your elevator pictures to why you're in rehab mm. and it's all condensed, there's a lot of trauma that's gone on. Mm. No wonder, no wonder I don't want to feel pain. No wonder mm. I'm not okay. Mm. You know, um, but the thing is, is that I feel blessed that I was curious enough around the pain mm. and I was also um, not scared to, you know, deep down so many times and so many things in my life have been like, you know, don't talk about that. Don't, you know, that's just, you know, keep that mm. to yourself. And But deep down, that wasn't, that's not me. Mm. I've. I do feel like, um, you know, the embarrassment and the pain that, or the shame that I kind of carry, isn't mine, and I mm. and I know that. But and it's also to protect people, which there's no one to protect. Everyone's got a story, you mm. know. Everybody has a story. Mm. Um, everybody's story is connected to people in their life. Like mm. there's no, you know, 
I mentioned people before in my life, my mum, my dad, my, my ex-husband, like it's a whole lot. Like everybody's got a story. Hmm. Everybody's got a story. So that's not, um, that's not, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but that's not, um, that's not the, the, the thing, but I do know, and this is a very big, and I'm grateful for this space to do it. Thanks for holding space for me, Adam. But, um, I do feel like, um, I have a con, you know, all the things that I used to be, you know, like, you know, party, party like Laura, the ones where people would look at me like she's the life of the party. Hmm. I do believe all of those things about me. And then my honest truth, who I am, the good, hmm. the bad, the ugly, hmm. they, they are connecting now. They are connecting and I'm sitting with it hmm. and I'm, and I'm, and eventually I feel like I've got this place where I will be able to hold space for, for people hmm. once I understand myself, but you know, to get back to myself and to spend time with myself and enjoy that, that's been, that's been tough, but I'm doing it. And it's, 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 it's happening. Like I, you know, I said to you at the beginning of this chat, I'm not okay. I'm thinking about it now. I'm actually feeling in my body. I'm not nervous anymore. Things are like, I'm, you know, I'm actually okay now. Mm. So it's, you know, like I said before, it might not be a whole day it could be an hour i wasn't okay an hour ago but i'm okay now you know like it's um it just it's just flows through it's not a set thing it's not mm. inside you it's not your whole body it just it's you know pain is a warning for for you know what's going on in you yeah and you got to use it instead of band-aid it 100 percent. we've got this fantastic warning system if something feels off explore what that is what is it yeah what's, what's doing it where is it? Yeah. Where is it coming from? How do I get through it? You told me this. And that's, yeah, the kid, that's what you were saying about that before with the kid, like kids, you know, yeah. you know, when someone, you know, tells you you're allowed to cry about it and then all mm. of a sudden you shut down that system. Mm. It's probably around the same time people start getting addicted because they don't know how to shut it down. Yeah. Next minute, they're, oh, I'm not allowed to have feelings. How am I going to cope with them well speaking from a male perspective there's a certain point in our lives where we have to change who we are our demeanor you know we can't yeah. be the little boy that, that and, I, and i see this with little kids all the time and it actually happens much earlier but you know maybe at four or five years of age but i see it with you know boys all the time that, that at 10 or 12 years of age well you, you, okay you're now becoming a man and you have to start behaving like a and i say this in inverted commas a man yeah. Well, we're now redefining that version of masculinity that says, no, no, it's actually okay to, to have emotions and feel them and, and go through them and process them and, and understand them. Um, but from about 10 or 12, we're told, no, 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 you've got, to, you've, got to, you've got to get up and get on with it, mate. Dust yourself off. Which I actually believe you do at some point. You actually have to do that at some point. You can't yeah. just go forever feeling that. You've got to no, work absolutely. through it. You've got to understand it. You've got to process it. You do have to get up at some point. But allow yourself the space to actually process it properly before you get on with things. Be in it long enough that it's a full recover. It's a recover like you come out of it. Mm. You know, you're not just yeah. You Does that make sense? Absolutely, hundred percent, hundred percent. You told me a That's fantastic story the other day about listening. Um, you you touched on it before about the um the, the holding, holding can you hold space? Tell me a story mm. about a thing you did with a friend. And you said, can you hold space? 
Can, do, do you remember the story? <laughs> I'm looking Probably at your not. face yeah, just, and, you go, <laughs> and you're going. No, just that. Well, did I did, say something she... brilliant? <laughs> no, no, yeah. Was I amazing? Okay. Um... <laughs> Don't. Now you're gonna have to listen to me laugh. It's not normal. Okay. So, well, look. It was the holding space. I was talking to my friend. She's a new mum. Was it that friend? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, and she, well, she's, I've got a couple of friends that I know that you're not having a catch-up call with. Mm. Like, you don't even start out the conversation with how are you. Mm. Like, you know, like, you know, have those friends that it's just a continuous of the, the day and and it was one, it was definitely one of those moments where it was the, you know, can you hold can you hold space for me? And, mm. and that conversation was big and I was so grateful for that. But I think, um, I knew, I don't kind of, that was pretty much it. So the, the, but the, there was the, another conversation with my friend whose dad died. The story, was I mean, one? The, the thing that I took away from it when we were talking about it and, and it's this, one of the things that we've kind of focused on in the last few months is this concept of listening. And, and I guess for people that not, Holding space for me is just about being absolutely present physically, mentally, mm-hmm. emotionally. It is about monitoring your own emotions, but it is really just about providing, as you say, that space for somebody to go, this is how I'm going right now. And it's that really interesting idea of not, you know, not interjecting with, as we, we've sort of touched on it, opinions or perspectives, or at least you don't, or... Um, you know, in one of the groups I'm interacting with, we call it the brother-in-law story. Oh, yeah, something like that happened to my brother-in-law, you know, or my sister or whoever, <laughs> you know. Um, oh, I'm a, I'm a chronic for that. Oh, I'm doing it now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but you know, but but also, and, and again, we touched on it, and, and I guess we, we kind of talked about it, is having those couple of follow-up questions. And you said a couple of really interesting things, which I think are really, 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 really good, which was one was about, you know, as someone's talking, talking to you and sharing this and you're hearing these things, you said, can I share something with you that will let you know that I understand this? And yes. and then can I share something that has worked for me? And giving, yes, getting people. I was clever. Yeah, you, you were very clever. See, yeah. You, now you've now I want you to give yourself permission to be clever. Um, but... no, keep, keep going. Keep telling me I'm clever. Keep going. Go, go. No, because now I'm just enabling you. <laughs> no, but 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 they that I actually wrote those down when I got off the phone to you the other day because I love those. And I mean, you know, for me, one of the things that I try and do with what we do is I try and kind of put words into like I, I can't see a tradie kind of sitting and going, mate, can I share something with you that you know but um yeah. but but even just that simple pardon me, that simple act of asking permission, can I can I tell you my experience? Can I give you that experience? Can I give you and even not even telling them what they need to do, just go, Okay, so I video journal, this is what I do that works for me. Try it or don't try it. Do a variation on it. Do your version of it. But here's what I do, you know? Yes. And I love... And here is why. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's the why that's also important because I find that when someone gives me a script at the doctor or I see a naturopath or, you know, someone says, the GP that walks up as a customer says, 
depression is cured by mm. um, riding a bike, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me why. Don't leave me mm-hmm. with the, like, I, you know, I've been in a position where I, you know, I had weight loss surgery that essentially turned on a gene mutation that has led to a lot of health problems. Mm. Now, so I'm very, you know, so now my trauma response is to make sure that I know why. Mm. Everything why. Same mm. with the vaccine. Everything why. Mm. Has to be, I need to know why I have to have it. I need to, what happens to you if you get COVID? I need to know why I need to go for that walk. Mm. Why do I need to, you know, why do I need vitamin D? Why do I, I've got, you can see my cute nose at the moment. Mm-hmm. I've got, I'm having a melanoma treatment on it for 24 weeks. So, you know, why do I have to put that cream on every day? If you don't tell me why, I don't do it. And this is a very ADHD, like it's a ADHD, it's a Laura thing, it's an ADHD thing, it's a trauma response thing. And I have, I was told a while ago, the brother-in-law thing, like the me too. Mm. Oh, me too. I didn't realize that was rude. Mm. A lot of people think that's rude. Mm-hmm. For me, it was me, my way of connecting to you. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, I stopped doing it at all. And it just didn't feel right to me. Mm. So so that's when I'd be like, can I share with you mm. something that has worked for me? Mm. Those qu- that this is, this is how brilliant we were last week. So <laughs> it's, it's, those, it's those questions like, can I hold space for you? Can I, can I share with you what works with me? Mm. Can I share with you how I feel? Like, mm. That, you know, so then it's not a competition and it, and you can say, you can say no. If you said, if, if you said to mm. me, you can say no, if it's not the right time for you, mm. if this, you can, because a lot of the time, if you're the one that understands how to communicate in such a way that holds space for someone, but a lot of people haven't learned these skills, you have to teach people. Mm. You have to teach people because mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It, it becomes very unsafe for you. You know, I... Mm-hmm. Uh, um, the other day, uh, I needed my mum the other day and um, I had to be very – so my mum was – I needed to – My I just needed my mum to hear me. And just like most parents, she wanted to give me advice. She always has. And I, I needed her to hear me, Adam, and I had to set up the conversation and I said, Mum, I know you're going to want to give me advice but I just need you to hear me. I need to be heard by my mum. I need to listen. I don't feel good. I'm angry. I can't, you know, it was a big lockdown, lonely, sad story, Laura. Moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had to say to her, like, mum, I, I just need you to hear me, please. There, there's, there's no advice you can give right now. I don't need advice. I, it'll just, I'll just feel better if my mum listened. Hmm. All right. So I had to set it up. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yep. So then I started go. I started carrying on like a pork chop because that's all I needed to do, Adam. Mm-hmm. I needed to carry on to my mummy. Like I'm 38, and I still needed my mum. And I said, "Mum, I need you." Mm. And then I heard her banging pots and pans, and mm. I had to say, "Mum, stop." Mm. And she she said, I can do two things at once, you know, which is her defense mechanism because mm. that's, you know, because one second she wants to give me advice and I'm telling her not to. Mm. You know, she's in pain because her daughter's in pain and she mm. her natural go-to is to give me advice. Mm-hmm. So 
it was probably too painful for her to hear how her how much her daughter's in pain. So she's mm. trying to distract herself from my pain by by starting to cook. Mm-hmm. So because I understand that, but I wanted to be the daughter. Mm. I wanted my mum. But mm. I'm like, mum, you can't do two things at once. Please stop. I need you to hear me. I'm in pain. Mm. <laughs> and it was probably one of the nicest. I don't know what she thinks of the conversation because <laughs> I carried on and I was angry. All I wanted to do was I... fix dinner. <laughs> right. Bloody Laura. <laughs> she just she just needed to get the potatoes on because dad was coming home or something. But yeah. I needed to be heard by my mum and I don't care that I'm 38 and she's in her 60s. In that moment, I was eight mm. and she was 32, you know, like. I needed my mum because I was scared Mm. and I was lonely. And that conversation to me meant so much. But I was the one that went to rehab twice and Mm. learnt that, you know, Mm. not her. I I couldn't expect for her to do that. And I think sometimes the more you learn, the more you get disappointed in the world. (laughs) And I had to come through that Mm. because, you know, now I'm, having to set up these conversations, set up this space so I can also feel safe. Mm. So yeah. there you go. Yeah, and I think um Yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> Are you alright? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, I can't agree with you more. I um I can't agree with you more. I've actually been had my head in this holding space space for a little while for the last couple of weeks. And um and I'm much the same and I, I saw a really good example of it again. We, I, I go to a group called the Men's Table, and <clears throat> it's a group of men sort of talking about what's going on for them. And we're men, so we want to fix shit. And so you'll yeah. see the guys around the table. In the first few kind of times we went there, it's this immediate need to oh, you need to do this, you need to do that. One of the times I talked about having sleep apnea, and the, you know this guy immediately interjected and started telling me about the clinic he went to and how much weight he lost once he got it sorted out and and I, I should have gone here because they do this version of it and blah 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 blah. I didn't need you to listen. I don't need that stuff, mate. I just need you to sh- you know shut your mouth and listen to me. And we actually yeah. got to a point where we had to have a conversation about that as a table around because one of the men actually said to me after a session one night he goes I didn't want to share tonight because I didn't feel like I was going to be listened to. I feel like they were going to try and fix me. And so um, we had to have a big conversation about that. And we had a meeting uh, just a couple of weeks ago where we all just actually sat and listened to each other. And it was amazing. And I feel like we're in that path now of, yeah, that's how it's going to be. But I think a lot of the times we don't talk to people. And it's only one of the reasons. I know there's a million reasons why, but one of the reasons we don't is because we know that person's going to say, hey, Laura, you should try this. Or, oh, I'm the worst or, for it. You know, at least you didn't do this, Laura. You know, yeah. Um, Do you know the place that I learned how to hold space was the twelve step program, mm. and um, I I went to Al-Anon. Mm. So when my husband and I separated, um, he's a he's a big drinker, and I and you know my mum's actually five years. My mum hasn't had a drink or a cigarette for five years, mm. and um, so. But essentially, like I I needed to understand how I fit. You know. Addiction's a family disease. Like it's, they're all. It's all part of the family. Like you can't just. You're just not one person in a family. Mm. And so, 
um, my first time walking into one of those rooms was um, Al-Anon. So, and then when you go to SPP um, rehab, you know, I went to all of them. I went to, I went to all of them because it's just so nice to be part of something like that where you're just heard for that very reason. And they set it up so you just get heard and no one gives you advice. And that was tough for me. Like I'm not, I'm, I don't give hardly, like I don't give as much advice now as I, as I used to because I've learned just to sit and be heard. And that's where I learned how to do that. But, you know, some, you know, not everyone, I guess, has the privilege of even going into some of these rooms or know knows all about them or what what you can go in them for. Like, mm. you know, there's one for codependency. Who would have thought? Mm. So in saying that, like, that space is like, you know, I, I haven't been to one in a long time, but, you know, I've learnt that from there. Mm. Hold space for someone. Just listen. Mm. Look at them when they talk. Like, the whole lot, like, it's... And the other thing is, is that I was always nervous to do that. And I'd always walk into a room because I'm quite, you know, people, people think it's disrespectful when someone's late. I'm a chronic late person. Mm. You know, it's, it's part and parcel with ADHD. Mm. So I would, I would go in there and I'd be like, Hey, listen, I try really hard to get there on time, but if I'm late, please know it's not out of disrespect for you, but I'm trying. Mm. So I've given myself permission on so many levels now because because of what people would expect me to be, you know, to, mm. to be. And that's been another thing that's been really helpful. Like I don't walk around thinking I'm the shittest person that walked this earth. That's a complete punish anymore because mm. I'm I'm not I'm not normal. What's mm. normal? Not what's perfect. No. You know, it's a real punish trying to be perfect. Mm. Um but what am I doing? I'm turning it around going, how do I want to best live my life? How do I deserve a healthy life? So I've already, even this last week, I've started to see this massive shift in wanting to be alive, hmm. working out what foods need to go in my body so I feel better. Hmm. I never, what foods make me feel better is if I was having a bad day, what packet of chips I'm going to eat. Hmm. That's how I used to be. Now it's just like, how am I going to feel? If I have these things, are my bones going to ache as much anymore? Is you know, like all of these things that I'd never attached food to because I was too busy attaching food to emotions. Mm. Now I'm like, okay, well, all right, let's. How about we use it for what it was intended for, and that's feeling good about yourself or good about you know, wait, you know, feeling good when you wake up in the morning instead of going, oh my god, my body's hungover. I only drank water last night, like you know. Mm. Um, Anyway, I could go on forever. Clearly, well, I think I think that's a pretty good place to end it. Actually, with the um, that question, you know, what what do I do that's the best for me? What do I need well, to do yeah. that's that's you know yeah. best for my health? I like that. It's, that's good. It's the it's the Laura show and the Adam show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you. I appreciate your time. Uh, you're one of my favourite husbands in the world. <laughs> I've only had one official one, but you're the other one. And you're one of my uh, favourite wives, though, Barb. Uh, you're a good egg, Adam. I try my best. Hi, folks. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of our podcast. Uh, before I go, could I please ask uh, just a couple of small favours? Number one, uh, we would very much 
as we said at the start, love for you to review this podcast. And of course, please share this podcast. Um, the reviews help us to uh, help other people to see what this podcast is about. And of course, the sharing helps us to get our message out there. We don't have any money, so we're really relying on uh, social media to be able to spread this message. Uh, equally, if you listen to this podcast, now we do a warning at the start, but if you listen to this podcast and anything uh, triggered for you or it made you think about your own mental health or well-being or someone who you love's mental health or well-being, please uh, take steps to help to either manage that yourself or to support someone to manage their mental health. Uh, if you do feel like you are need to talk to somebody uh, and you can't talk to friends or family, please go and see your GP, or of course you can call Beyond Blue on 1300 Men's Line Australia on 1300 789978, Lifeline on 13 11 14, or of course the Kids Helpline on 1800 551800. If you or someone that you love is in immediate danger, please call triple O, uh, but at the very least... Please um, find a way to manage your mental health and your mental health conditions and please support the people that you love to manage their mental health and mental health conditions. And again, if something you've heard today triggers for you, please go and seek um, some support uh, immediately to manage your mental health condition, whether that's one of the helplines we just mentioned or the GP. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.